Welcome to the Trades Podcast, a podcast about the business of home improvement and promoting the trades to young adults. In this podcast, we talk with business owners, educators, and professionals about the benefits, skills, and related experiences of the home improvement business. Tips to help you with being successful from entry into the trades or established business owners. In this podcast, we hope to influence some young adults that the trades as a career is a great option leading to full and prosperous life. I'm Danny Torres, an MC, DJ, and podcaster, inspiring young adults by shining light onto career opportunities in our world today. And I'm Jeff Mudd, home improvement contractor, writer of the Millionaire Carpenter series, and podcaster. Stay tuned to 15 to 20 minutes of insightful tips. Right here, ladies and gentlemen, the Ignite BBB Podcast Studios, recording right here in San Diego, California. I'm DJ Danny. And I'm Jeff Mudd. And it's a beautiful day right here in San Diego. Um, even better because we have Rick Vaza, the uh, new acquired owner of John Padilla Plumbing, Inc. Uh, Rick, how you feeling? Great. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Excited to chat. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. You know, uh, hopefully you didn't lose your breath getting over here. <laughs> we got you in the studio. We're excited to have you here uh, right here at the BBB Ignite Podcast Studio. And uh, but we're here to talk about, um, you know, your story, your background. And um, if you could introduce us a little bit about yourself, uh, John Padilla Plumbing, Inc., and uh, just a little background of, you know, where you're at with that right now. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll kind of keep it short as opposed to the long and windy version. But I'm originally from Massachusetts, uh, moved to San Diego in 2018. Uh, obviously, love it out here. Um, major uh, reason for moving was honestly just to try something new. My wife's from New York and we were always on the East Coast. And I was uh, fortunately in a position at the time to launch my own financial company. So we were starting that from scratch. And we we're like, let's you know go try out a new place. Worst case scenario, we moved back. Uh, ended up loving here, kind of planted our roots and started growing our family. So we have two kids now, uh, two little girls are awesome. Nice. And um, I uh, kind of fast forward as how I got into plumbing. I was uh, a, a part of my business with the financial side and up being uh, business consulting, primarily small business consulting, um, especially when COVID hit, you know, helping with the EIDL loans, PPP loans, all of like the business contingency planning. And I was talking to owners, um, I kind of saw the opportunity to get on the other side of the table. Um, a lot of them were talking about, you know, lack of succession planning, you know, third major recession that they had been through, um, and just kind of wanting to clear the air. Yeah, you know, get, get on with it. And um, so I was like, okay, well, there's a good opportunity here. So I started searching for businesses. Um, honestly, the, the major catalyst was just, I thought it was a good opportunity from mostly an investment standpoint. I mean, I have an investment background. I was like, hey, these are, um, you know, nice, healthy businesses that have been around a long time. There's a bunch of people who are wanting to retire and I could be a potential candidate to you know, fill those shoes. Um, as I got more serious and into the search after looking at a number of businesses, I got really interested in home services, kind of broadly speaking. Uh, there are a lot of tailwinds for the industry. The, I would say one of the more important is the technology uh, as opposed to a lot of industries where it's replacing jobs, it's actually just enhancing the job. So the job of the trade person, if you will, is not going away by any means, but it's being made 
uh, I would argue, easier, more scalable, uh, frankly, more profitable. There's there's a lot of benefits to what technology is allowing it's some of these companies to do. It's a lot of efficiencies in exactly. the way you run a business. And yeah. I, I think trades are a perfect example. So you look across the country in a lot of these major cities, um, a lot of the trades are these kind of smaller organizations. There's obviously a couple you know juggernauts in every city, right, because yeah. a lot of people have figured it out. But most of them are you know these smaller subsets of uh, companies and it's funny because now that I know more about it, it makes sense. Like that was such a hard business to run yeah. when you think about not having a CRM, you know, even like pre cell phones and internet, just like, okay, let's go send someone out to a job, go to a pay phone, call mm-hmm. in back to the office, figure out, you know, yeah. do I have permission to proceed? I have to go down to a supply house and pick up parts. Like that's really, really hard. Right. So now with technology, you know, everything's very seamless. You have great customer communication. You can keep them updated with how things are progressing um, so the whole experience is better and obviously more scalable, right? You can now manage more locations. You can do a lot um, from a dispatching standpoint. Um, so the logistics of it have gotten, I would say, more efficient. Um, so as I kind of learned and understood all of that, I said, you know, hey, there's there's a natural tailwinds in the fact that millennials, frankly, are incompetent when it comes to home maintenance, right? Yeah. Um, myself included, I was probably just as ignorant as the average millennial, <laughs> like as far as even knowing your different tools, let alone yeah. like what should be done. Um, so I figured there's a, there's going to be a need for that specialist and that needs not going anywhere. And then the mechanics of operating the business are, are looking more, uh, efficient. So that really got me focused in there. And then as I kind of thought about the different trades, um, you know, plumbing naturally has more issues, I would say, than some of the other ones. Um, you know, electric, you're kind of hanging the lights and ideally they're going to last a really long time. And, yeah. you know, HVAC is a challenging uh, business, especially here in San Diego, just because we don't have those extreme temperatures. So, you know, you see HVAC companies doing really well in Nevada, Arizona, where it's really extreme. You ask some of the people that are living here right now. About yeah, yeah these, la- these last couple of weeks maybe threw that <laughs> yeah. comment out the window. But uh, historically speaking, our I, 70 I, and sunny climate I, I, I agree not. with you. We don't get a lot of snow here. <laughs> yeah. Don't freeze. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, that's, that's how I landed in plumbing. And then um, I was just like, I mean, there's always, you know, you can you can work really hard, but at the end of the day, there's there's got to be some door that opens, right, for you to be able to walk through. And uh, that door for me was the first meeting with John, um, who had you know, 40 years of plumbing history, had spent the last decade building his own company, um, and was kind of at the point where he was wanting to take a step back, and I was wanting to take a step in, so to speak. And so we kind of had this perfect uh, marriage or partnership um, where I was like, I need you. And he's like, great, because I don't want to fully retire. So yeah. I was able to buy the business from him and then hire him back to help with, honestly, the more complex issues that guys could run into. And he helps a lot with the training program. So it's it's really been an awesome development. So he, he's able to stay and work on the stuff that he enjoys. Exactly. And doesn't have to wear every single hat it takes to run a business. Now you've picked up some of the more financial parts of it and, uh, bringing in the, uh, uh software yes. systems to make things run more efficiently for them also. Yeah. It's well said. I mean, I think of my job as, you know, focusing on the operations, how do we really laser in on the employee and the customer experience? And then, you know, John and some of our senior leaders in the field, are really responsible for helping develop talent and make sure that we're always sending really qualified and highly trained people to do those service calls. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that transition of uh, obviously your industry that you were in the financial side of things, and then you jumped into the trades um, and being able to meet John, how, how was that relationship created and how did you guys meet? You know, what was that step? Because we've had conversations with 
business owners in the past where they worked with someone for a good amount of years and they were in the trades, they were in the field, uh, jumping in into these type of situations of learning how to run the business on the back end where they were put on a supervisor position. And then uh, at some point they either possibly moved on and created their own business or um, even acquired the business of mm -hmm. who they worked for. And kind of the same thing where, mm -hmm. you know, he was looking to take a step back. Um, how was that How was that transition for you trying to, uh, you know, how you met John and, you know, that experience? Yeah, it went fast because uh, we were initially just introduced through a business broker. And then I think probably, and I didn't know this at the time, but in hindsight, looking back, I would, I would think that some of the financial planning experience I had probably helped with that because with financial planning, you're, you're always just asking questions, right? You're trying to understand, Hey, what's the goal that you're trying to achieve? What do you, you know, what are you, what have you done so far that you haven't liked? What could be done differently? So you're asking those types of questions. So I think in talking to John, it was able to ascertain it was a really good business that he had. Um, you know, he was at a point where he was kind of looking to step back and then I could kind of figure out what holes could be plugged. Um, so even though we only had a few quick meetings to really kick off the, the transaction process, um, I feel like we got a lot accomplished really, really fast. And then, um, obviously from that point, it was a lot of trust in each other. And I think just building that rapport early, um, by asking those questions and you know, he asked those questions of me, I asked them of him and I think we were able to really read each other. And I was able to feel very confident in those interactions that he had a strong team behind him because I could see his ethics and, you know, the value that he put behind his name and the brand and everything that that company stood for. Yeah. Um, it really showed through in those conversations. So it allowed me to get more you know comfortable with that process. Yeah. And you felt more confident in the, obviously, like you said, the business model that he already had and just your, your experience of being able to scale it up and see the different technologies and implement mm -hmm. them into the company um, how, how, uh, how have you been able to implement that into like training programs that you, ha that you guys have with John Padilla yeah. and, and how, how easy is it for the, the either previous or new employees kind of, uh, you know, taking advantage the, of those trainings? The training I think has been one of our favorite things to have worked on over the last year and a half. Um, and probably one of the biggest game changers for the company. Um, when we, when we initially started, um, there you know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of the guys have a, a ton of experience naturally, but when you think of the job in and of itself, it's, you're on, you're kind of on an island. Like there's, you're, you're going out, you're in your own van, you don't have a ton of oversight. So there's a lot of trust that has to happen from ownership and the, the, the operations behind you, frankly, that you know what you're doing and you're able to deliver that competently and up to code and meeting all the standards that are required and, and do it safely. But really, there's not able, I mean, the function of the job, there can't be a ton of oversight. So, you, you know, that I feel like where a lot of people get trapped is they're always looking for someone who has like 10 years of experience and you get stuck in this, like, you're, you're waiting for a silver knight to come in, knock on your door, I'm ready to join your team. But like the reality of the trades is it's so competitive that you know, really good talent likely is happy somewhere where they're at, right? It's, it's very unusual that you'd pull someone who has all of that criteria that you're looking for, for no apparent reason, right? Like right. normally, and, and I, I don't mean to be disparaging, but often the people who are hopping around, it's bad at it's like, there's usually a problem that they're jumping well, around. Why are they jumping right? around? Yeah, yeah. That's like the first flag well, that you see. And when I talk to other owners, it's like, yeah, if I see a resume that comes through and there's, you know, they've worked at seven different places over the last two years, 
I'm probably not even making that phone call, right? Yeah. So what we really realized was, okay, we have an amazing crop of talent already in place. So what we really need to focus in is how do you start raising up the next crop so they can support them currently, um, you know, as apprentices and, and helpers and, you know, helping them with the jobs, but getting them ready to then step into those shoes so that we know they already have the training, they've, they've been taught the right habits. Um, and so now we've actually changed our process. Uh, I literally just hired someone on Monday and I love the fact that they're completely green. They've, uh, well, no, I shouldn't say completely. They have a little bit of, um, mechanical experience, you know, helping her out with their father's, uh, jobs before. Uh, but not direct plumbing experience necessarily. So now when I'm hiring, what am I looking for? Okay, I'm looking for a really good customer service skill, especially with youth nowadays. It's, you know, do they shake my hand firmly? Do they look at me in the eye? Can they carry on a conversation? Do I feel comfortable knowing that, hey, in the next five years, they're going to be really good to put in front of a customer? Like those are the things you're looking for now. We can teach the plumbing aspect of it. I mean, I'm a good example. I, I didn't had no plumbing experience now a year and a half you know, I can have a conversation with most people and they're like, oh, you know what you're talking about. And it's like, yeah, well, you learn through osmosis, you learn through yeah. these trainings that we're having, all of that stuff. So I'm less concerned now about finding someone with 10 years of experience. Frankly, we don't even look for that anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, occasionally we'll have, uh, you know, all these people, all of our guys kind of know each other. It's a small industry. So now what's cool is, you know, people are happy with where we're at and they'll refer in their friends and they'll say, hey, you yeah. should come check it out. What we're doing over here, it's pretty awesome. Um, so it's nice to win talent that way, but we're not trying to poach people or any of that nonsense. No. Yeah. Um, when you're interviewing somebody, Rick, do you, you're looking for soft skills, obviously, and, and you de definitely recognize that. Are you asking questions that lead you to, do they have mechanical aptitude? Yeah. There is some of that. Yeah. And so what I, what we've done that's worked well, um, I'll normally, so we kind of have a two tier interview process. So what I like to do is interview myself more on the soft skills. Um, cause I'm not going to pretend to act like I'm, you know, micromanage or no, you know, yeah. are you capable of installing a water heater or doing a pipe repair or anything like that? What I want to know is kind of my points before, like, is, are you going to be someone who's going to be a hard worker? going to show up on time, going to be accountable and going to provide good customer service experience. Once those boxes have been checked, then we have a four level apprentice program. So at that point, we're going to have them interact with John, uh, the previous owner, um, as well as one of our senior technicians and just go through some basic questions and get a really good foundation of, okay, where are they at from a technical standpoint? And that will help them determine what level they're basically going to be okay, at. The cool thing about our apprentice program is there are very clear benchmarks and milestones that the apprentices hit. Uh, they basically control their own destiny. So we say, hey, this is like the expected timeline that you would likely be in this role. And frankly, it's more of like if you're in there longer, we probably need to have a conversation of like, hey, what, what are you not getting exposure to? What's holding you back? How can we help push you forward? Those types of things. But really, if they feel like they've hit all of the criteria that are assigned for that next role, they can come in the next day and say, I'm ready to go. Let's take the test. And if I pass, I'm moving on. And they'll get a pay raise. They'll get, you know, celebrated. And uh, so they control their own destiny once they're kind of in the seat, which I think is a cool part of the program. I love that. And that's all in-house, right? Yeah. Yeah, we do it all in-house now. Um, well, I, I should say we, we do it all in-house, but we also do rely on other providers. So our suppliers are awesome about setting up training. So they'll have, you know, product specialists come in. So every other Friday, we do an extended uh, training program 
where we're either having one of our senior plumbers uh, lead that and go through some tips and tricks that uh, will be helpful for everyone to learn. Um, sometimes they're more specific to the apprentices and it's more basic stuff, but a lot of times with those sessions, it's stuff even our intermediate um, and, and even our experienced guys will be like, hey, that was awesome. I, you know, every, every meeting you should be basically taking something away from it, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, if they're not leading it, then we'll have one of the, the third-party suppliers come in. So we try to mix it up, keep it a little bit different. Some stuff's hands-on where they'll bring in actual product and we can kind of you know, dive into it. And then other stuff's more you know, t- conversational, how do you approach certain things, stuff yeah. like that. I, I want to go back to, uh, you were talking a little bit more about, you know, how easy it is. Not easy, I want to say easy. It's never easy. There's always a lot of work that goes behind it. But um, where it's, one thing that you look for is a lot of the soft skills. A lot of the soft skills, you know, because the technical part of things, there's, for at least for younger generations, young adults, there's YouTube, your university, yeah. you can look up so many different tutorials on how to get something fixed. And most likely there's, there's going to be a, uh, a veteran with 20 years of experience that maybe I've taken a video and posted it on mm-hmm. somewhere out there. Um, but like you said, the cult, the soft skills that has a lot to do with like the culture behind of, you know, where someone's going to work at what they want to see and expect when they go into a new company or a new profession. Like you said, if they're, yep no experience at all um how how important are have you seen that with the employees that you've been looking to hire or already have hired um that really look into that culture side and kind of appreciate that you know the culture of the company oh it's it's everything yeah because it's i think the you know we obviously try to be mindful of the culture but you also have your team who is aware of it so like what's awesome i would say right now where we're at we have our senior uh, plumbers in place and they're very, you know, concerned about it. They love, you know, what we've been able to build and they're very proud of it and they aren't going to just have someone walk in and disrupt that, right? So there's a, there's a certain standard uh, that's set with that. And, you know, even some basic things, but when I was in financial planning, I remember I was very lucky to work with, um, at the time, one of the top advisors um, in, in our firm. And the advice he gave to me when I was just starting, it was awesome. He was like, if you treat every customer like it's either your mother or your sister, you know, some sort of family member, you're never going to go wrong. Right. And so one of the things that I took from that financial planning experience and working with what we're doing is, yeah, obviously we're a business. You have to sell that like sales is part of any business, but we don't try to talk about it like sales. We talk about like problem solving. So, you know, what problems are you solving for your customer? How are you, you know, going about that? And so it's, it's not presenting it as like a sales and pushing sales culture, but it's more of like, Hey, are you educating the customer the right way? Because if you educate them, you know, you're going to build a customer for life and building a customer for life is obviously a much better, you know, opportunity for the business. Um, and frankly, it makes you proud of what you do, right? you you know, you're doing the right thing. We're in a business that's profitable. That's just reality of the job, right? People are going to pay because they need these services done. So you don't need to gouge people. You don't need to try to pull one over on them. Yeah. You explain the situation. You can give recommendations, but at the end of the idea, it's their decision, and you're there as the professional to help them make the best decision. Yeah. And so that being part of the culture, um, you know, I think has really allowed guys to feel like they can take ownership on their education too. So learning about new products and services and being able to feel like they can confidently, you know, introduce those things to customers um, has gone a long way. And so we've expanded some of the offering through that process. And it's been cool to see the guys kind of 
really dive into the training before presenting any of that, right? It's like, hey, we need to have several training sessions on something before they're going to walk into a home and be like, hey, I'm, you know, let's, let's talk about this, yeah. right? So that's, that's been, I think it's fun to watch because it's also like you see guys get excited about it. Yeah, no, I, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, a quote that we kind of pulled from one of your other uh, podcasts that you had, that you're on. Uh, it was something that you said it was best employee experience will translate to best customer experience. Yeah. You know, how, how, I believe that. Yeah. Like elaborate a little bit more on that. Well, we're, we're not there yet. Uh, obviously I mean, we're, we're, we're working there and I think that's kind of like the North star, right? If you like, obviously, you know, if you're running a good company and you're doing things the right way, like I said, we're in a, we're in an industry that is in demand and people need those services. So your demand should continue to grow. Um, but if we can focus on like really creating an environment that is supportive and gives the employees what they need, um, that's both in the field and in the office, then you naturally would have happier people. And those happier people would go out and provide those services and be proud of what they're doing. So it's kind of a snowball effect and it all comes full circle. So the way I think about it is like the awards I want to win, you know, in the distant future, like best place to work, San Diego, best place to work nationally. And like, if you win those, like, you know, you're, everything else is going to line up. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm fortunate, like I have the finance background, so I know our finances will be right. Um, we'll be able to see our guys, you know, provide for their families and, you know, they'll be able to like, it just every, all the, you know, everyone gets lifted up with that. So yeah. that's kind of how I do it. So I imagine from the first couple of days you walked in and introduced yourself to all the staff and they hear that you've got the financial background and they're all, well, this guy's going to come in and, you know, just cut all the, the fat out of the saying, milk the company. And, you know, I'm going to go have to look for a job. <laughs> um, but then to hear the quote that uh, you talked about the best employee experiences, how long do you think it took for the uh, staff to get a hold of uh, the real you as opposed <laughs> to their perception of what was going to happen? That, that's a good question. I, I, I'm sure a bunch of guys would tell me the, the honest truth now if I asked them. It pro probably hasn't come up. But, I mean, I won't, like the early months especially, I would say through April maybe, were crazy hours and a lot of sleepless nights. Because at the end of the day, I mean – the, like I like I said, the guys know they're in demand. Like they they anyone on our team could likely quit and have a job within two hours. Like that's just the reality of our, totally of our agree industry. Right right? Now. Yeah. And and what I view it as it and, and I kinda like that. I think it's a good check and balance because you know, there's there's obviously like we're gonna be very supportive, but we also want to hold everyone accountable, right? We we hold ourselves to very high standards and we want that amongst our team. So we're you know, we're not just like, oh, you can quit and leave, so we're gonna just you know, be pushovers and let you do whatever. Like, that's not a good environment. And I don't think anyone would want to work in that environment either. So I think, I think people want to have high standards as an organization and, and it's fulfilling to live up to those standards. So it goes both ways, right? Like we want to ask for and expect a lot, but we also can't make that ask and, you know, expect that respect if we're just going to, you know, be an absentee owner and not be involved and just, yeah. you know, like collect a paycheck. Well, it sounds like you're balancing that out also with opportunity, a clear, you talked about earlier, uh, a career path for the everybody. Yeah, I think we try to. And and to go to your, your question about like the timing, like I remember those early months, especially were, were brutal. Like, you, you know, you go to sleep sometimes like, oh, it's tomorrow, you know, going to be the it like you know is are people gonna say no i don't like working with rick and i'm going to go yeah. somewhere else so it was it was nice like you know you're kind of in that feeling out process you know you're trying to make the best decisions you can 
Um, and I think just being transparent with people of like, hey, I don't have this all figured out. And, you know, you get a pile of things on your desk of like different things that everyone thinks we should be doing. And, you know, you I think what I would try to do is, hey, if I could get immediate wins, if there was something that someone brought to me that was obviously, yeah, let's do it act on that like show them you're listening right and and i still try to do this to this day like if there's something that someone brings to me we have great ideas brought all the time that's how we that's part of why we grow so well um because the the plumbers see like hey i have a say in the direction of this company right i i have input and it's going to be listened to and that feedback's going to be received am i perfect no obviously like, there's tons of stuff i've heard that i've like written down and i've have every intention to get back to and right. you know you're putting out fires all day and sometimes yeah. it just gets over but m- most of the time my answer will either be yes let's do it or no we're not going to do it but let me at least explain to you why and i i I think that kind of builds a bond with people where you're like hey i know i'm asking you to go do a lot in the field but understand i'm going to be back here supporting you trying to make the best decisions to move the company forward so that you're going to continue to have good opportunities to earn in good income to support your family and provide and you know, again, going full circle. Yeah, it's, so yeah. it took a few months for them to get a grasp of that. And that, I think that's a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, heard one of the things that you had to do was uh, make a decision on one of your uh, other divisions. Yes, that was, uh, to date, probably still one of the hardest uh, career, you know, decisions to make. But um, it was good when I, you know, used uh, my team as a sounding board, came to a couple people with what was going on. Um, frankly, the decision was like kind of made for me, so I didn't have like a ton of uh, input into it. But yeah, essentially, um, for for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, we had a small HVAC d- division, yep. um, and then it was decided to close that. Um, and in hindsight, probably the best decision I could have made for the company. But through that process, it was very challenging because you come in as a new owner. And I meant every word I said, but it's like, hey, I bought this company because it's a great company and there's not really any plans to make any huge major changes with that, especially in the early stages. And then, you know, we're two months into the thing and all of a sudden I'm looking at a division that frankly wasn't working and I'm realizing, well, hey, we're taking resources from plumbing and having to put them over to HVAC, but how much better could we make everything if we were redeploying those back into plumbing, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so coming to that realization and again, just being transparent about it um, and then being able to execute on it. Cause once we did close that division, we, we were able to reinvest back into the plumbing division so we could get new equipment, new vehicles, all of these things um, that I think has made us a, a much better operation. So. Yeah. And the staff that was part of the HVAC division. Uh, Amazingly, uh, two of those uh, staff members were able to move on to the plumbing side and they're absolutely rock star plumbers. So they're yeah. crushing it, which is amazing. Um, and then unfortunately there were, um, I believe it was three people who were impacted directly and it was so hard. Cause I mean, you're having conversations with people, it's emotional. And in the moment you're like, Oh God, like what have I done? Am I you know, hurting their families and lives? And then they all had jobs within a week. So it was like yes, going yeah. back to the, the demand. I literally remember it was funny. One of the guys was like, well, no, you know, maybe I'll try out being a plumber. And I was like, I appreciate that, but you're you're really good at HVAC. Like, I don't think you're gonna have a problem. And he took a couple of days, and then like literally by the third day, he was like, I got a job. Don't worry, I'm yeah. all set. And I was like, I didn't think you'd have a yeah. problem. <laughs> so, yeah, a couple sleepless nights, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yes. a week later, it sounds like exactly. You were, yeah, and yeah. that's I mean that's a nice thing with the the industry right now. Um, there is the demand there, but um, it's on us to 
you know, basically be shouting this from everywhere. Like there is an opportunity here for people. It doesn't have to be college. Like you could go into this field and make an amazing career for yourself, you know, be proud of the work that you do. And so as we are kind of trying to expand the apprentice program, that's a big part of the messaging of like trying to broadcast how amazing the trades are. They they are Rick. Appreciate that. I mean, to clarify a little bit more about just the plumbing industry, you can go into a plumbing uh, company that will train you without any trade school experience. But there's also trade schools out there that will give you anywhere from the basics to a four-year apprenticeship mm-hmm. if that's what you want. So there's huge opportunities in the plumbing industry. Yeah, and we have guys who have done both. And um, there's, like, some of our – it's, cra- I mean, crazy to think we have guys under the age of 30 with almost 10 years of experience making really good money, you know, yeah. b- providing for their families, um, and proud of the work that they do. Yeah. You know? and, and no student loan debt. And no student loan debt, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a huge thing that we've always mentioned is just, you know, the, the type of resources that are out there within companies like the, that you acquired and that you own now and then others that have, you know, um, even on the other side of where John was at, where he was building up the company and had those type of employees with him already that had all, the, all that experience and um, being able to showcase that to new people that are looking to get into the industry or just looking for a different career path. It's like almost a no-brainer. And with the demand that's out there, um, just like you're the, the HVAC person that, you know, it's just, it's just, it's automatic that they can go out and find a, a new job and they'll definitely find a, a great company out here, especially out in San Diego or wherever you might be listening yeah. at. Um, all those resources are out there. Um, but it's been awesome just to like really, like you got a, pl- a plethora of knowledge. I swear we can go for like a whole nother hour. I, I think we probably could, but, <laughs> yeah, but uh, we, we, I, I see it in Rick's face. He's like wondering what is the five and five? Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> it's the five and five. That's what we definitely want to get into. And I think Rick would kill it. So it's five and five. We're going to throw out uh, some uh, phrases and at the top of your head, you let us know what it means to you, okay. whether whether it kind of ties into your company or just personal experience and just really trying to get everybody's mind expanded with these five and five questions. So Jeff, yeah, you don't have to do five and one. You can do five and five minutes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> all right. Have a positive attitude. What's that mean? To First you? thing that comes to mind. Yeah. I mean, you have to, well, you know, life's too short. We're going to soak all day. <laughs> you agree? Yeah. Absolutely, exactly. And then uh, how about going into uh, asking, uh, ask questions? Uh, Probably the most important thing. Uh, One of the things that we talk about as a uh, company too, going back to what I was describing earlier, uh, you know, sales comes through asking good questions, making sure that you're understanding the customer, making sure that you're doing right by them. So uh, that's one of the paramount things that we train on is how do you ask questions and good questions. Absolutely. Yeah. Time management. I mean, especially in a dispatch-based business, it's, uh, it's you know, absolutely essential. Um, are arguably one of the things that can drive me a little crazy. I'm a, I'm a stickler for being a little early on time. Um, and sometimes, you know, people roll in a little bit later. So we're trying to get a little bit better disciplined on, you know, showing up at, you know, not showing up at eight, but being out the door at eight. <laughs> right. Got it. Yeah. And then uh, team player. Um, yeah, we, I, we're very fortunate to have an entire you know, group of team players. Uh, and I think a good example of this is, you know, you run into trouble in the field. Like I talked about, you're out on an island. 
Um, so it's especially going back to the benefits of technology now. You, it's not uncommon for someone on our team to FaceTime a you know more senior guy. Hey, I, I just ran into this. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Uh, maybe they can troubleshoot it right over the phone, and they'll be able to help them that way. And if not, it's hey, let me finish what I'm doing. I'll be right over. And we have so many of those stories, whether it's during the workday or two in the morning or on a weekend. Uh, the guys will show up for each other, and it's really cool to see that they have each other's back um, and they can rely on each other. So fantastic, awesome. yeah, fantastic, yeah. That was uh, that was four. How about uh, go above and beyond? Yeah, actually, I think we have a sign uh, somewhere in the office that basically describes that. But you know, there's there's doing the bare minimum to get by, and then there's doing the right thing. And a lot of times, doing the right thing is going above and beyond. Um, so we try to kind of foster that with the culture. Absolutely. Awesome. Bonus round? Yeah, bonus round. Uh, be a lifelong learner. All right, I love this one because uh, one of my favorite quotes from our, our most senior plumber is the day I've stopped learning is when I'm going to hang up my boots. There you go. And so what's really cool with plumbing, um, and I, would, I, I suspect with really any of the trades, but I kind of talked about this before, there's always an evolution of the products and services that are being offered. And you're constantly having to learn and stay up to date on what they are, whether it's new tools that are being brought to market, whether it's the new um, features of you know tankless water heaters, water filtration, there's always something new coming out. And so if you think, oh, well, I have 20 years of experience, I'm done, what do I need to keep learning for? You're, you're already behind. Mm-hmm. So he's, uh, I, I love his quote, and it's, yeah, that's something that we foster. And as you can tell with the training and emphasis that we put on that, it's really important with the company. Yeah, yeah. and I think... Uh after hearing from you several things, Rick, you are definitely a lifelong learner. Also. I do like to, yeah, I'm a student. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Rick Vaza right here, owner of John Padilla Plumbing Inc. Um, super cool to have you come out and just talk about a little bit, you know, obviously your experience. Again, we can, I'm sure there's a lot more that that went behind it and so much more information, but um, if anybody's looking to reach out to you, uh, get involved into the trades with, with into the plumbing industry or just learning a little bit more about your company, uh, whether it's a business owner or someone that's uh, looking to get a job, uh, what's the best way to reach out to you and what's that pro- what, what's the best way to uh, go through that process? Yeah, easiest way would be our website because we have everything on there from our phone number to the ability to apply for a position online. Um, so it's just www.jpplumbers, plural. Uh, dot com. So it's uh, John, like Padilla, uh, and then plumbers.com. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I would say, you know, we have um, a great office support staff. So if people ever have questions, they could call in and we'd be happy to chat. Awesome. Anything else uh, you would want to, any other advice that you want to throw out there to to the world? Any, any of our listeners that are looking to get into the trades or get you know. No, I mean, thank you both. I don't necessarily have advice. I'm still learning myself, but it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, uh, it's a fun adventure. It's certainly got its share of challenges, but um, I've not been happier with my career since making the change, and I'm really glad I did. And um, it's just a very rewarding industry. So you know, for those who are considering it, there's a lot to be gained from it. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the big points that one of the really interested me to have Rick come on the show was we have a man that's highly educated, super smart in the financial industry yeah. and could have picked any career path that he really wanted to transition to. But he chose a home improvement industry business. And do you find it enjoyable, Rick? Yeah. I love Challenging? It. Yes. Successful? Yeah. The uh, culture that you're uh, at your office 
from the office staff to the crew guys. Sounds like you, uh, it's an, uh, always growing and getting better, but you've got a great base on that. Yeah. So from a young adult wanting to get into the trades, you've just heard from the other end of the spectrum, yeah. somebody that enjoys and respects the, the construction trades. Yeah, that's well said. Yeah, I love that. So uh, thanks again. You know, oh, I, thank you both. I yeah, can imagine we'll, ha- we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have you on the show again in the future just to kind of get some updates and, uh, we'll see you on the big billboards out here in San Diego. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. Right. Heck yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, Rick. Thank you, guys.